eight marriages, and one permanent divorce. He got widows to give up loot in hopes of love, but died in jail. His bulging eyes, bald head, fat stomach, and wide, downturn lips. This guy George W.E. Jiggs Berry was an unlikely Romeo. Still, he became a master of love and and leave him highly skilled at a confidence game known as the Widow Racket. He was married at least eight to eight women at the same time. Most ended up sadder, poorer, and perhaps a bit wiser, and one ended up dead. It was early October 1938. A man walking on Wisconsin Lac du Flambeau Indian Reservation stumbled over a woman's decomposed corpse. She was in a green silk dress hiking boots and a knitted cap with a bow and front in the front. The coroner found a bullet wound at the base of her skull. Investigations of missing persons reported and labeled on a clothing yielded a name. Widow Cora Bell Hackett, she was 42, dental records confirmed the identity. In June 1930, she had answered a want ad that said a woman was looking for a female traveling companion for a car trip to California. When she answered the ad, she learned that it was really a man who had placed it. Instead of running away, she entered into a whirlwind romance with a stranger. In July, her friend reported Hacking missing, and they told police that she was lost her from um, Hackett, that they actually, everybody heard from Hackett weeks earlier uh, as she headed off her honeymoon with her third husband, Perry. And then the police learned that a couple checked into a resort in northern Wisconsin on July 6th. The groom borrowed a rifle from the resort owner, saying he wanted to do some hunting. Then the newlyweds took off for a day trip, but hours later, this guy Perry returned alone, packed up, and left the resort. Then detectives got involved, traced his movements from there to Cleveland, where he had stopped to visit another wife, seamstress Katrin Gebhardt. Perry had wooed and wed Gebhardt, also a widow in January 1930. When police questioned her, she told him that Perry showed up in a car carrying luggage filled with women's clothing and that, he said, belonged to a rich aunt. From there, detectives started to trace his trail of matrimony. He married for the first time to 
pretty factory worker Mary Nichols in 1912. They had three children and Perry supported family as a railroad brakeman in Milwaukee. In 1929, for no reason, he just walked out of the house one day, Mary said, and never returned. A nephew later told police that his uncle had tried to pull him into his new occupation, bigamy, easy money, women fall for the love stuff, and then you can get their money. The nephew quoted Barry as saying, give me two weeks with any woman and she will give me the keys to her heart. Within a year, he married Gebhardt Hackett, three more widows in Illinois, then another in Arkansas in November 1930, a month after Hackett's corpse was found near the honeymoon resort. He found him through Lonely Hearts ads, allured him with tales that he was a South American millionaire or the heir of the huge estate of an elderly aunt. The women believed him when he lamented that the money was tied up and were happy to foot the bills. Hackett even paid for her fatal honeymoon. Investigators tracked him to St. Louis where he had proposed to a woman saying that he was heir to $875K and there will be around $14 million today. She asked for time to think about it but he was gone before she could give him an answer. After that, the trail went cold. It might have stayed that way had it not been for a copy of True Detective magazine. In May 1931, a San Francisco police investigator was snooping around and noticed a familiar face in a story about the marine brakeman. It looked very much like a man the detective had questioned about traffic accident. The man, Frank Moran, had recently married boarding house owner Anna Gutierrez. To some resistance, the man San Francisco police knew as Moran admitted he was really Perry and was shipped back to Wisconsin. He sent his San Francisco sweetie a letter begging her to send him her $12,000 savings to hire an attorney. She filed for divorce. The others also turned their backs on him. Surprisingly, his legal wife, who had been left destitute when Perry abandoned his family, rushed to his side with their three children, Johnny 18, Dan 14, and Grace 21 months in Dole. Oh my god, no, the Grace was 20 months old. Oh my god, she was a baby. And told Mary Perry, 39 old, 39 years old at the time, showed up at her husband's jail cell. Mary, Mary, Mary. Perry cried when he saw her. Mary showed him the baby, Grace, for the first time. She was born after her father deserted him. Why did you do it? Why did you marry all those women? Mary asked him. Well, was all he could say as he hung his head. Mary broke the silence. 
I'll bring you some oranges, George. His trial was started in July 1931. Prosecutors forged a solid chain of circumstantial evidence, including a witness who said she saw Perry leaving the crime scene. Perry wept on the stand, insisting that he killed no one. He also said that he had to marry all those women because they pursued him relentlessly. The jury found him guilty in less than two hours. He got life in prison. Nine appeals for pardon, often with the aid of his long-suffering wife Mary, failed. In 1948, a desperate Perry turned to the newspaper personal ads again, offering a $25 reward for anyone who could arrange a lie detector test hearing or an investigation as an innocent hero. This time, no one responded. Two years later, he died of a heart attack, still behind bars. So he was like 5'6", um, height around 165 pounds. He was like stout, bill, smooth face, brown hair, turning gray, partly bald, uh, cataract in right eye, Small scar near his right eye, two gold teeth in front upper jaw, smooth shaven, heavy growth of black hair on body, exceptional muscular development, small hands and feet, ordinarily is a good dresser and unusually wears a cap. Pleasing, well-mannered personality, wanted for the murder of Mrs. Cora Bell Hackett, July 6, 1930, at a Lac du Flambeau, Villas County, Wisconsin. Sheriff wrote this. Um, the name of the sheriff, G. L. Carter, from Eagle River, Wisconsin. Like they say, he wasn't really all that good looking, and the women still believe that. I think, same as today, you think um, ugly men wouldn't do that to you, you know what I mean? Sorry for the express train. I was trying to have some air. Now I know I ruined this. Hopefully I'm gonna come back and redo this.